This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Good morning, everyone. My guest today is Greg Tanaka. He's the CEO and founder of a company called Percolata. The company helps retailers optimize their retail sales teams, giving retailers up to a 30% sales lift uh, using the same labor budget. They do this by using censored data to schedule the right number and composition of salespeople to handle the forecasted shopper profiles using proprietary deep learning technology. The company closed their Series A in 2017 and is funded by Google Ventures, Andreessen, Menlo Ventures, and many others. They've had contracts with over 40 different retail brands in the United States, Europe, and Asia. They're based in Palo Alto. Greg, are you ready to take us to the top? I am. Thank you, Nathan. You bet. Thanks for jumping on. So give us a sense of the business, and I'm really interested in the, re- in the uh, revenue model. So what do you guys do, and how do you make money? Yeah, good question. So uh, what we do, simply put, is we try to figure out where is, the, where is the right mix of people to have on the sales floor for physical retailers at the right time. Because if you do they sell more. So basically what we do is we take in traffic data, we take in um, who's working, like punch in, punch out data, and then we feed into a model that forecasts what kind of sales a retailer would do. So once you have that, you're able to figure out what will, what will be the optimal number of people because you essentially have a simulator for the store. So it's kind of like, and to put it really simply, it's almost like Moneyball, but for retail associates. Now, I mean, I'm going to give a very, very generic example here. Uh, but you know that females between the ages of 16 and 21 are more likely to shop on Saturdays between 9 and 11 a.m. So put people that cater to them in terms of a salesperson on the floor during that time versus the boys that come in and like to shop, I'm making this up, Monday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. Exactly. You got it exactly. Interesting. How do people beef up? I mean, I imagine the downs, I mean, I would love using your platform, but let's say I'm H&M and I sign up and you tell me you need these 10 profiles of salespeople to match the traffic data. They're going to think, crap, I've got to go hire four extra personalities I didn't have before. How do you manage that? Yeah. So, you know, the way it works is that, um, so first of all, we look at a metric called shopper yield. So the top salespeople will have a shopper yield metric of almost 10x what the average salesperson would do. So let's say, for instance, H&M, maybe the top person does $100 per shopper. The average may do $10 per shopper. But what happens is the, the kind of traffic varies throughout the day. So there are times in the day when you need really, really great sellers and you need $100 per shopper type of shop yield kind of people. And there are times when the you know, trans, tra- traffic is very transactional. So it really doesn't matter who you have. So, um, so really what it is is what is the right people to have at the right time. Now, we don't hypothesize in terms of, well, you need this kind of people. What we do is we look at the current staff and we figure out, okay, given the staff you have available and given the traffic coming in, what is the right mix of people? So we don't try to say, well, what if you had this kind of 
uh, characteristics of, of salespeople. We just use existing sales force that they have. We just shuffle them around so that they could actually sell more. Interesting. And then you just hope that whatever shuffle mix you recommend also works with that person's schedule in terms of being in the store. Well, we actually look at their availability. So we get the availability of all the sales associates. So we know when they're available. And then since we have a model that basically forecasts what kind of sales a store will do based on the, the you know, who's working and also the traffic, we essentially have a simulator. So we could try all the different, com- all the different types of combinations of people given their availability to see which combination of people maximize the sales for the store. Interesting. How's, how do the stores pay you? What's your revenue model? Yeah, so we have a very uh, unique model. The way we make money is we charge per scheduled hour. So for every hour that we schedule, we get 85 cents per hour. Interesting. So I love the fact that pricing is actually tied to the utility metric most that most directly correlates to value that your software provides, but it also makes it challenging. It probably takes some time to scale to that point from a first touch of a potential customer. How do you manage the onboarding? Yeah, so that's actually one of the toughest challenges we have because um, in order for our system to work, we need many integrations. So we need the punch data, so the time and attendance, so when are people working? We need HR data. We need to know how much people will make, who's available to work, um, you know, what kind of restrictions they have. We need to also have uh, the point of sales data. So there's several different type of systems that we have to integrate to. So we're very much an enterprise class of solution. Um, we need to integrate all, to all these different systems and sometimes to even people's workforce management system. Um, and then all this data feeds into our, our machine learning models that allows us to forecast what is the right mix of people to have. So the onboarding is um, not quite a you know free trial and then you run and roll. It's it's more of a you it's more of a um, we have to set up these integrations. And then once we have the integration set up, then we can actually optimize the schedules for our retailers. So so Greg, tell me what's the team size today? Sure, we're a little bit over twenty people. We're about twenty two people total. Okay, and you mentioned you raised capital. How much have you raised? We raised nine point five million. And. It- over what period of time? In other words, when did you launch the company? Uh, well, we initially started in 2011, but at that time we were basically trying to collect sensor data from retail stores and we didn't quite have product market fit. So it took us a long time to really figure out how to get product market fit. Uh, we finally got that um, about uh, 2016. Um, then we closed our series A in 2017. Okay, and how did you said you finally got product market fit in 2016? What metrics were you looking at where you said, yep, we hit it. Today's a yeah. good day. We crossed the we crossed the river. Yeah, people ask me this all the time. Like, how do you know you have product market fit? Um, so before we had product market fit, our sales cycle was like quarters, close deals, literally quarters. And you know, I'll put on my knee pads begging to close deals. It's really, really difficult. And so when people ask me, how do you know if you have product market fit? I tell them, look, if it's easy to sell, you probably have product market fit. If it's really hard to sell, as if it's like pushing a boulder uphill, it's probably not a great fit. So now we are able to close deals in about one or two meetings, maybe three meetings. So it's like, but we, we, we had like 30 different business models. We, you know, started one thing. 30? <laughs> yes. No wow. exaggeration. Yeah. So we, um, so I felt kind of like Moses in the desert, you know, like trying to find a promised land where like you're, you're trying to get this thing to, to work and nobody's buying, right? It was really hard to sell. And, um, yeah, so it just, it's, it's, it's very frustrating. And so this, um, you know, so uh, trying to find market, I, I have great admiration for people that find product market fit because it's really hard to do. Yeah. But once you do that, it's almost like the lights turn on. 
um, you know, instead of like us chasing people to close deals, people are chasing us. So it feels good, right? Like, it feels awesome, right? <laughs> because, yeah, it, it really sucks. Like you're, you're emailing hell of all people, cold calling, you're trying to sell this thing and people just don't, aren't, aren't eating the dog food, right? And you know, when that happens, you realize you need to, you need to tune things. You need to tune the business model, you need to tune the product. So, so Greg, talk, talk utility to me for a second here. So sales cycles are decreasing. You hit fit 2016. In 2017, yeah. how many yeah. total scheduled hours did you hit? Yeah. So we have um, uh, under contract over 18.4 million hours okay. that we schedule annually. Um, so it, um, it's, a, it's a really nice feeling. Uh, before the way our business model worked was we would sell uh, a monthly subscription to sensor data. And the crazy thing that we found out is that retailers are drowning in data already. They didn't know what to do with this data. So what we did was we built an application layer on top because we found out that the real challenge wasn't necessarily gathering the sensor data. It was really trying to figure out how to use it and yeah. how to get utility out of it. Well, with 18.4 so, million contracted hours and making 85 cents per hour, I mean, that puts you at over, what, 15.6 million in, in annual revenue, right? So pretty healthy. Um, so we don't, we haven't delivered on all of it. Okay. Um, we have a lot of pilots. Uh, what we're actually in the midst of doing right now is we're in the midst of rebuilding the product to make it more scalable. So that's the, the big challenge we have now. So before we were suffering from not being able to sell it, and now we're suffering from trying to catch up with all the demand. Got it. So, so of that 18.4, some of that is in the future. Yeah, some of that we haven't delivered on yet. So uh, with a lot of enterprise contracts, you can send them up front, then you, you have the delivery of it. Yeah. Generally speaking, did you break the $10 million mark last year in revenue? Oh, we haven't, not yet. You haven't. Okay, do you think you'll break it this year? It's a very good chance. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm rooting for you. How are you finding new customers? You know, it's, it's really weird. You know, like before we were trying to sell sensor data, it was... It was like pulling teeth, like like trying to find customers was really really hard. Now it's almost the exact opposite. We're not even trying, and people are like calling us. We're getting all these leads. We get referrals, and I think the reason why is because um, the value proposition is pretty strong for the retailer. So essentially, for every dollar that they pay us, they get about twenty to thirty dollars back. Sometimes even forty dollars back in terms of return on investment. So they get massive return in terms of so every dollar they pay us, they get about twenty to forty dollars in terms of extra revenue. And you can directly measure that attribution, which is great. You close the loop. Yeah, what we what we do is we we run twin stores. So we, we usually work with chain retailers and they have multiple stores. And what we'll do is we'll run, run in one store, but not another. And the stores that we call twins, they have highly correlated sales. So <clears throat> for the store that we schedule in, we're able to show generally between 10 to 30% uh, boost in revenue, depending on what the what's going on. So it's... And for, for a retailer, for a physical retailer, this feels really good because essentially it's it's like um, almost all profit, right? Because um, there's a lot of fixed costs involved with physical retailing. CRMs might be the tool that I fight with the most. I just haven't found one that I really liked. I don't know if you guys are the same way, but they're just so tricky. And a while ago, I had a guy named John Lee on my show. He's the CEO of ProsperWorks. And he told me they just passed 40,000 customers and 24 million in annual revenue. So they're doing about $286,000 in revenue per employee. And I said, wow, why is this working? And I said, you know what? I'm going to try it. So I went to prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM, signed up, and it immediately became clear why it worked. Those of you that love growth hacking, you should go to that link just to see 
how they do the onboarding. That's prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. In short, it's like magic. You know, I'm not the guy that you know, finishes the sales call and then takes the time to actually put data into the CRM. They have this magical way of just doing it. And it's a beautiful thing. So every morning when I wake up, I just go, okay, what leads are ProsperWorks telling me to reach out to because they're most likely to close and it works so well. And you guys know, I love money and I love only focusing on the leads that are going to close. So I encourage you to try ProsperWorks or sponsoring the show. Check them out at prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. Folks, that's again, prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. What are you at now today in terms of total customers you're working with? Actually, let me rechange that. How many locations are you working with? So you might have one customer in multiple locations. Yeah, we actually don't look at the business that way because okay. we look at the hours that we schedule. Um, so, but you know, you could, you could, we, we have some numbers public, like 8.4 million hours scheduled is a public number. And you could think about like, what does the, what does the average retailer store? Maybe a thousand to 2000 hours a month. So that gives you some sort of idea. Um, but we have 40 logos total worldwide. Got it. And when you say logos, again, one of them could have 20 stores under you, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we generally work between retailers are between 10 to 500 stores. Got it. Got it. That makes good sense. All right. Let's wrap up here, Greg, with the famous five. Number one, what is your favorite book right now? Oh, my favorite book is uh, The Hard Things About Hard Things, just because I'm not sure you've ever read it, but it's, um, it's, um, it's a book written by one of our investors uh, from Jason Horitz, uh, Ben Horitz. And it just talks about how hard it is to do a startup. And I can tell you it is freaking hard. Yeah. My favorite line in that book is, if you're going to eat shit, don't nibble. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Number exactly. two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Yeah. Um, so my, my favorite... CEO entrepreneur is uh, Ev Williams. Um, so the reason why is when he first did his uh, company, Blogger, he went to zero. He went to like, everyone quit on him. He totally ran out of money, but he came back and sold for $100 million to Google. And you know, a lot of the stories you hear about entrepreneurs, it's kind of like a straight line up, right? You look at Google, you look at Facebook, it looks like a straight rocket ship up. And that has not been my story. And what I really admire about him is just his perseverance. And um, I actually got a chance to meet him very briefly after one of, a, one of his talks, but um, I was just incredibly impressed with his perseverance and how he was able to pull it off. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business? Oh, man. Um, I, I really like Trello. So Trello is a, kind of a core simple tool. Um, I also like uh, Google Spreadsheets, Google Docs Spreadsheets. Very, very useful. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you eat every night? Oh man, I, I don't get too much. So, um, probably between four to six. Okay. So call five on average. And what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Uh, I'm married. I have kids. How many? I have two kids, 10 and 12. Okay. And how old are you, Greg? Uh, 43, 43. Last question. Take us back to your 20 year old self. What do you wish that he knew? Oh, you know, so this is my third startup. Although it's the first time founder and CEO and you know, um, when I wasn't CEO, it looks really easy, right? I, I had sales and marketing and, you know, you also have to see all this kind of a bozo, like, oh, I could do that job so much better. Now that I'm CEO, I realize how hard it is. I realize, I realize that I should have probably been not so hard on, on the people that I work for, because I realized that it's, it looks easier than it really is. You were an engineer and you would judge the CEO and go, I could do that marketing stuff. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? Right. It's like, what a stupid decision. Right. But you realize that when you're, 
when you're the, when you're starting a company, you're founding a company, running a company, it's incredibly hard. There's a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of things you don't know. Um, and you know, looking from the bottom up, you think, oh wow, it's it's really crystal clear, but it isn't. And there's all these other things you have to trade off on. And I, I would probably say, if I look, if I was to talk to my 20 year old self, I'd probably, I'd probably say try to be more humble, try to be more understanding. And I, I think I I would have probably learned more. I think I would have. Um, I would have been better prepped for what I do now, but you know, that's, that's what you get with experience. There you guys have it from Greg. Be a little more humble. If you're an engineer, don't be so freaking judgmental about the CEO who's trying <laughs> to do that whole markety salesy thing. Anyways, Greg founded and ventured out on his own back in 2011, launched his own company called Percolata. Thought the model was going to be a SaaS model, selling subscriptions to sensor data. Then realized the actual problem was making sense of the data, organizing it, making decisions, refactored the company. Now they're focused on helping you schedule the right salespeople on your staff that you already have for the right periods of time based off their availability and based off who's already coming in the store. It's having success. They have over 18.4 million scheduled hours under contract. They make about 85 cents per scheduled hour. Sorry if I said minutes, I meant hour. They raised 9.5 million bucks, hoping to break 10 million in revenue here in 2018 and working with 40 different logos and chains. Greg, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you so much, Nathan. I appreciate it.